This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Peralt. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Welcome to the first edition in 2022 of the Bostonian versus the book here on props.com on the props.com YouTube channel. I'm Matt Perot alongside Dave Sherapan. We're here every single weekday, one to two Eastern ish as we are known to go long here on the podcast. If you've not subscribed to us yet on Apple or on Spotify, please do so. If you're watching on YouTube, Dave is breaking a major fashion faux pas, oh, a yeah. bucket hat. A yeah. bucket hat for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Is this an emotional day for you? Is is this like, how are the emotions going for Big Ben tonight? It's crazy because um, I learned at a very young age about sports and like it ends. It always ends for, for whomever. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Like I was just doing another show and like they said, you know, this is the last home game for Ben, 16 years, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh, I didn't think about all of that. Like when you said it, I was like, okay, this is definitely going to be a bigger deal. So yeah, I broke out the old, uh, the, the old Jerome Bettis Jersey that I only use for certain games when we Ooh. really need a win <laughs> and the bucket hats two and O lifetime. So I was like, you know what? You got a little superstitious uh, in me for these stuff. So Plus, we're holding the plus three and a half ticket. You know what the CLV means. I mean, like when you're holding the plus three and a half and the line's flipped all the way to, you know, minus two and a half the other way, I'm nervous as could be that I got such a great number and that Cleveland's going to ruin the whole party. I have plus three and a half and plus nine and a half going tonight. I've got, oh, with the I've teaser. Got, oh, boy. I got both. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got yeah. two bets. Go. Actually, I have three bets going tonight. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I got yeah. three bets going. If the Browns show up and crush, tonight could be not a great night for me. Right. <laughs> for me. Exactly. I, got a lot, I, 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 I got a lot going on here with, with this. But all right. So we have a, I mean, a ton to get to. If you guys are watching on YouTube and you are a subscriber to the Props YouTube channel, you guys can give us a little note. You can drop it down on the live chat. You guys are already posting on this so i appreciate this uh socal Gjen said i finally woke up early enough to catch the show live instead of watching it recording so welcome <laughs> i appreciate that he's the one that created that very cool album cover of a photograph for me last night on i didn't even know he could do that i didn't yeah, even he, know he could do that that's yeah. that's pretty cool yeah what were you doing by the way just sitting out contemplating life what were you doing yeah, i i I, I mean, so don't you ever have like a moment? I mean, you have three kids, so you don't have the same type of opportunity that I do. But but my wife has been, you know, pretty sick, and now she's okay. She, she's now on antibiotics, which I'll probably have to go on myself, this weird bacterial thing that's going through our family. But she doesn't have yeah. COVID. Wife daughter didn't have COVID, and I probably have it now, too. So, like, you take antibiotics, you're better in, like, 24 hours. So it's, right. it's, it's weird. But they were upstairs and they were just hanging out. And I just said, look, I, you know, my wife for Christmas got me a humidor and a bunch of cigars and she got me some whiskey and um, we have a fire pit outside, outside the house. And I was, it's freezing cold and it kind of feels like home. 
it's freezing cold. So it feels like home. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to go build a fire and I'm going to go hang out. And Teresa was like, yeah, go knock yourself out. So the football, the, the football game sucked. So I was like, All right. football so game. I just, I just, I just went outside and I'm just, I was bored hanging around and I just started like, you know, you can take still photographs. You can put your phone down and put a timer down and whatnot. So I'm just yeah. taking some pictures. And I was like, I took one that I really liked. I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and so it has like the fire reflection. Right. I got the cigar and the whiskey. And I was like, all right, that's kind of neat. Right. So I just kind of posted it. And then everyone was like, that's your album cover. And then somebody said, right. what would you call your band? And I said, CLV Society. <laughs> and, then, and so... He, so then that's where SoCal DJ came in and he posted, yes. you know, he made it CLV society and then right. put a little like 1990s parent advisor sticker, sticker advisory sticker, sticker on it. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. So okay. That, so now, right. yeah, I didn't that's know what you were doing. I thought you were having a photo shoot out there, no, like just tired, getting drunk and all that other stuff. Yeah, I was like, yeah. man, what is he doing over there? I wasn't getting drunk. I was just, I, I, I got, you know, I have Elijah Craig whiskey and I, and I, and my wife got me six really nice cigars in a humidor. So like, nice. you know, okay. so I haven't had that at the house. So I was like, all right, I hadn't tried it yet since Christmas. So it was, a, it was a good night to go out there and do it. My, my daughter can't stand when I smoke. So she was all yeah. screaming and mad yeah. and going, what are you doing? You're, you can't be smoking, you know? Right. Yeah. So she, yeah. she had no part of it. And then when I came inside, she was like, you smell, go take stink. a shower. You stink. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. You do. So, stink. yeah. So that's, so, so that was, I was doing it and it was, look, it was, it was a, was it cold? Did you? Did, yes. It was cold. It was, but cold I had the fire going. Time. So it felt like home, but it was yeah. 32 degrees outside. Yeah. And Saturday it'll be 65. So yeah. it's a, we have like a two week winter here. So it's kind of, kind of enjoy it when you have the time. Yeah. And then we it'll be back. cold like one more time, but like it's been cold, cold for 10 days straight, like cold, cold. And over Sucks. here, when that wind comes down off of the mountain, like, man, it is cold, cold. And, um, you know, everybody makes fun of me, but I'm like, no, I'm soft now. I used to be. Oh. I'm from Pittsburgh. I used to I grew up in winter. I don't like it anymore. And I definitely don't like it now. I take a blood thinner every day. My blood is thin to begin with, but right. I take a blood thinner every day since the stroke. I'm cold when it's 60. When yeah. it gets below 60, I'm cold. So like <laughs> I went outside yesterday for 30 seconds. I said, nope, I'm done. So. It was 24 degrees. Yeah. When I woke up, I looked at my watch. It was, it was 24 cold. degrees. That's what I, said, I did. I went out in the morning. I was like, oh, like yeah. it felt like winter, winter. First, like football weekend. I was like, oh, is this football weather? No, yeah. this is freezing weather. I had ice on the car again. Like no more of that. I don't need that. like the in-laws are coming here in a week yeah. to get out of the New England cold. And I said to Teresa, I was like, you got to warn them. Like yeah. It was it was warmer in Boston yesterday than it was here. Right. I, I was like, hey, just yeah. a heads up. It's 45 in Boston where they are. It's 25 here. Yeah. Like, let them know. Let yeah. them know that, we, you know, don't bring the golf clubs or anything no. right now. Like, this is not normally they come no. in February, March. They never come in January before. So March is, is a, glorious. March, March is, is the March, best month here. March in, in, in October. October is usually Agreed. pretty good, too. But March is just amazing, and it's uh, it's March Madness. It's there's oh. usually a lot of stuff going on. I used to, I mean, when I was in Phoenix and Scottsdale, I went to spring training games every day in March. Mar March, the weather is perfect here. It, it really is, and that's I, I'm laughing like watching these circus swim ads nationally, like telling people to come on in, and I was like, 
Do they have any idea how cold it is right now? I don't care if it's a heated pool or not, man. Oh. Like there is no way I'm going there. I mean, I, I get why they're advertising. They want, they want people to come on in and people from Wisconsin are probably like 25 degrees. That's great. I mean, you, you had the big uglies last night at Lambeau ripping off the shirts and oh. hang, hanging out like it was nothing. It was negative. Whatever the hell it was with those people. Man. Bonkers. Yeah, just absolute bonkers. But I mean, for me, nah, 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 nah. nah. All right. Let's get to the first topic. Yep. Bigger deal to you, Antonio Brown getting fired on the field, taking off his jersey, taking off his shirt and running off the field or Jalen Ramsey punching a teammate in a in a huddle that gets caught on camera with him in the first quarter of a game that the Rams needed and things weren't going well. And Jamie Jalen Ramsey punches a teammate. (laughs) A.B.'s had his problems, but bigger deal to you, A.B. or Ramsey's behavior. Uh, the Ramsey thing is just, you know, brothers being brothers. It's just, it's one of those things, I think. And it's settled, you know, right there. The AB thing is huge to me. I mean, and not so much because I've never seen that before. Guy just literally quit in the middle of the game, walked off and said, but I, I heard a report this morning for me and Rappaport that, you know, he was hurt. He didn't practice Thursday and Friday and he, you know, didn't really want to play. And they made him play. And, like, I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to believe. But I've never seen anything like that. I just think, again, everything I think of is in terms of the book and, like, odds maker stuff. A.B. being out makes Tampa Bay weaker. Like, there's no – I mean, you got guys Brady just met that morning, 15, 18. I don't know their names. I know their numbers because I was watching a game. But I was like, Tampa has to win the Super Bowl now going on the road with guys he ain't worked with. And Brady's thing is he's working with guys. He does the extra reps. He has them over to the house. I mean, he took AB in. AB and TB were like, you know, BB, best buddies. I mean, and he just left. So I I, I think it's a much bigger deal for Tampa. You? A hundred percent. It's without Godwin and now without Antonio Brown. What do they do? Packers are by far the lead favorite to win the NFC huge advantage to green Bay. Now Mike Evans is, is nicked up. You have Fournette who's banged up. You've had, this is what we talked about last week where last year, everything went right. And this is why repeating in the NFL is almost impossible. Now it hasn't happened since 2003 and four when Brady's Patriots did it. And we may not see it, for a while because it is so hard now with 18 games to keep everybody healthy, to keep everybody on the field together. And now you're losing Godwin and Antonio Brown. Gronkowski is starting to slow down a little bit. Bright is not taking a big step forward. Ronald Jones is okay, but look, Fournette is a, ma- a massive weapon for that team and they need him to be healthy for the postseason. He probably will be healthy, but I mean, th- this team is losing defensive players now. Their secondary already wasn't very good. Right. It's just things are not falling right for Tampa the way they fell right last year, which makes sense because you always have that hangover and it's so hard after playing those extra games to repeat. So, I mean, I think there's a pretty big gap between Green Bay and Tampa right now. Yeah. I mean, somebody has to go to Green Bay and win now. Um, And you need... I mean, that's hard enough. If you don't have all your weapons, it's even harder. So I I think it it just 
it hurts them a lot. And I think you can see it kind of reflect in the odds a little. I think some books will take a stand a little bit more than others and make the price somewhat appealing because you've been taking bets on Tampa for a year, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't have to give the store away, we used to say. You don't have to make the price like over the top, um, you know, because you already have a lot of money on them to begin with. But I, I, I'm with you. If we were sitting in a room, I'd be like, look, it's Green Bay is representing the NFC right now. Let's go get some money on all these teams. Give me some Dallas money. Give me some Rams money. Give me some Arizona money now coming off of that big win. Like now's the time to capitalize, especially if Rodgers don't play. Like, you know, they have a meaningless game against Detroit. So this is that time. You have two weeks to get futures money. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a really big deal. And uh, and I think from an MVP standpoint, we'll talk about that here, here in a couple of seconds, but uh, I think it's a really big deal. All right. So CD Lamb and the Cowboys are blaming the referees here, Dave. Yeah. CD Lamb said after the game, the refs wouldn't let us get it into a rhythm. Numerous players and Mike McCarthy also talked about the referees as to what happened in that game. No one's talking about the Dak Prescott fumble in the fourth quarter that ended that game, in my opinion, because that was significant. and That was the real game changer for me as to how the game was being called. The Raiders and the Cowboys are the two most penalized teams in the NFL. So I, I yep. find it hard to say that the Cowboys do not commit penalties. They do commit penalties because we've seen 16 weeks previously to that game against Arizona. But how big of, of a deal is the loss of the Cardinals where, again, Cliff Kingsbury on the road as a dog comes up with a win? I think it's a big deal. I think, you, you know, my takeaways was this. One, Arizona's not dead yet, right? right? Yeah. Like they can go and, you know, even being a, a wounded animal, like they can win a game, especially on the road. So I think we saw them take advantage of advantageous calls, of turnovers, of things. It wasn't Dallas's best game. They couldn't run the ball. Um, I thought Arizona was impressive. For the Dallas guys to say a word about the officials, um, that's bad to me. That's just – even if it's the case, like, just don't say it. I, it's yeah. it, What's well, a cover for Mike McCurry? Isn't it the cover yeah. for, for Mike McCarthy calling timeouts and not having the ability to challenge the fumble at the, at the end of the game? Because that was a fumble. Yeah. I mean, that Edwards, was, that, that, that was a fumble. If, you, if review that, then. If it's know. seven seconds later, it's reviewed and it's Cowboy football. I mean, yeah. That was a fumble, and and the referees yeah. missed it because it looked like the knees hit the ground live. I, I thought it was, and then they went back and reviewed it, and it's a fumble. Mike McCarthy cannot challenge it due to NFL rules. I mean, my takeaway mostly is that the Cardinals won the game because of NFL rules because I think if that fumble happens, they get in the field goal range. Zerline kicks a field goal. They go to overtime, and I like the Cowboys' chances of winning the game in overtime just right. based on momentum and how things were going in the fourth quarter. So my takeaway is the Cardinals got a little lucky to get that victory. The Cowboys just played like crap in the first half. And then they woke up the fumble, huge Mike McCarthy calling timeouts, burning timeouts early, not having a timeout to challenge. That was significant to me. Uh, And so like, I think the referee line is a cover for the real story of why the Cowboys lost. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it can be perceived that way. I, I wouldn't disagree. I just think that I've haven't been sold on Dallas all season. Okay. I just I, I, another example that 
there's really like three, probably maybe four really elite teams in the NFL, and everyone else can lose any game at any time with a bad half, you're toast. And it takes so much to overcome. Like, I mean, Tampa was going to lose to the Jets yesterday. They were going to lose to the Jets until they didn't, until the Jets didn't win the game at the end of the game. By Washington getting, Eagles, same. Yeah, Washington same Eagles, same thing. thing. There same were so many thing. games that were like the Bills were, were, were losing to the Falcons at halftime. And, <laughs> like and, it was just. And they got a call that allowed them to, you know, keep that margin. Otherwise, you know, it looked because I was watching the game flipping around. It's so funny because now we're in a market again. Right. We're in we're in a market in Las Vegas. So we get the Raiders game, which means we don't get all the other games And forever in a book. I had my all the games I had a, a risk room or in a sports book. You have every game. So I was always able to watch nine games at once. Now I have cable. I get one game. OK, how do you, that's my thing for you. How do you not have direct TV? Well, I have other things on the computer and I, I have so I can watch the games, but I like to watch the games at home. Now, I never got to do it with the kids and stuff. So like yeah. we kind of watch the games, but I keep an eye on all the other stuff. So I never watched the red zone. I it's never fun. I never did in the book. I never yeah. needed to. Right. Yep. I'm addicted. It's I'm good. Ad- it's good. It works. I'm it, addicted yeah. to the red zone. Yeah. I can't I believe it. Oh, my goodness. Because you can keep that on one of the screens all the time. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm watching this game. This game. Oh, they're, they're at the red zone. The red zone's here. Okay. And you you don't miss a thing. It's incredible. So well, they go back. My, my, only thing, my only thing with the red zone is that it doesn't help gamblers because they show stuff after. They'll tape upon if I like four plays happen simultaneously, they stack the clips up and then they roll them in succession. Yes. So like you don't you can't make moves. You can't make plays or bets based upon the red zone because the red zone doesn't give you stuff anywhere near as to in real time. Oh so, yeah. No, so no, no. From a viewing standpoint, red zone's incredible. Yeah. From a better standpoint, red it's zone is completely ineffective. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I have two apps up at the same time and I'm, I'm watching the games through the apps and all this other stuff. Like, so I'm getting the real time stuff, but yeah. So what I saw though, you know, again, from, from that, from the games yesterday, the takeaway is this: um, Who's going to the teams with home field and winning a game? That's all. That's what the discussion always became for me in the risk room. Like now, the odds on the teams that I think can go to the number one seeds and win got lower. Everyone mm. else, jack it up, because they're not going to. They're not going there to win. Is Philly going to Green Bay and winning a game? Man, I'd be surprised. Is who's going to Tennessee and winning a football game? There's two teams I think in the AFC that can go to Tennessee and win a football game. Do we understand how bad this week is going to be? No. Nope. Like if you're if you're a bookmaker nope. right now, how in the hell do you put lines up for these games? We knew week 17 was always bad in the NFL. That was kind of given. We've never seen a week 18 with only one team getting a bye. (sighs) Everyone knowing they're playing except for two teams. Every playoff team knowing that they're playing the next week. How in the heck do you put numbers up for week 18? Because essentially there are two games worth watching. Correct. And one's here in Vegas. 
but yeah. Saints, Falcons, <laughs> and Chargers, Raiders, and that's it. Everything else is pretty much in the barn. Uh, well, I mean, Kansas City, Denver, Kansas City's playing, you know, to force. I mean, if the Tennessee. Titans win, yeah, if the Titans yeah. just win. So all they right. got to do is win by one. <laughs> like that's all right. they need is a one point win for Tennessee. And Tennessee gets in and they're playing Jacksonville. Oh, no, no, sorry. They're playing the Texans. Tennessee's playing <laughs> yeah, Houston. Yeah. So um, ten, ten and a half point favorites against the Texans on the road. And all they got to do is win by one. Right. And they're the one seed. It's it's an exercise in futility. Um, <laughs> it's it's frustrating. It's just look at a game and you, you throw out all the ratings and stuff. You get together three or four guys who are like, all right, make your number. Everyone does the same thing. Everything hovers around three, seven, four, or ten. Three, four, seven, or ten. Everything hovers around that number. Now you get a couple blowout situations, like you know, you got the Colts playing Jacksonville, and you're like, I got to make it more to fourteen. I can't. I mean, I'm just gonna get nothing. But I, I need to find a number anywhere where someone will say, "Okay, give me Jacksonville." Um, there's a lot of bad football, and the only saving graces is that no one really wants to bet on it either. Like, so you can put up the numbers and you don't get nearly as much of the, the, the steam, which is an expression for a lot of bets on one side to move numbers. You don't get a lot of two way action on these games. You just don't get a lot of action period up until Sunday morning when everybody still realizes this is the last weekend of football. And it's just like the excitement level for the preseason. It feels that way where everybody's like, oh, we got football back. Okay. And then an hour into the day, you're left going, why did I do this to myself? Why did I bet this game? Why in the world did I bet this right. game? Why did you I put money down? Right. Why did I actually do this? Yeah, because you're aggravated and like in the book, you're like, boy, I can't wait. The, the, Real excitement for us being in Vegas and just for football in general is that they flex the game to Sunday night and we'll have the buzz that we all want. It's going to be awesome. The handle is going to be incredible and it's going to be hopefully a good football game. The interesting thing, and I was posing this question to some Vegas Twitter accounts last night because and you you mentioned some boxing fights. The fact that it involves an L.A. team, now if it was the Rams, would be a different story. But the Chargers, they do have some fans, not as many as the Rams do. But I just wonder, like, going into the year, the secondary ticket market for the Raiders was the most expensive ticket in football. Yeah. We have a playoff game Sunday night. Yeah. Winners in, losers out. We, we have the biggest game of the of the weekend with the playoffs beginning here and here in, in Vegas with the Raiders maybe getting Darren Waller back and the Chargers having a chance to go to the playoffs with their young quarterback for the first time. I, I don't know. I mean, did, doesn't this ticket price go through the roof for Sunday? Um, I don't know. What would I you spend? Well, what's your max? I would I wouldn't go. Interesting. I wouldn't go. I have no, I, I, to me, football for, for the game, I see more on TV. True. 
but I've never been to Allegiant, and Allegiant for this game is going to be rocking. I've I never mean, been to Allegiant either, and it might be fun, but I just I would rather go to a hockey game. I would rather go to a baseball game. I'd rather go to a, fo- uh, a basketball game than a, than a football game in in pro. I mean, and only right. because I'm spoiled. I've been to a lot of football games as a yeah. person of the media, uh, you know, and I've covered a lot of games. For me, it's a bowl game. Like I'd rather go to a, a college football playoff. I'd rather go. Really? You know, oh yeah, I'd rather go to college. It's just way more energetic, way more exciting, way Whoa, more for on me. this level. On this level, I'm with you on that for most weeks. But on yeah. this game, on this level, for this game, the hype around this game is going to be unbelievable. I don't like I mean, the Raiders either. You know. Okay, well, all right, fine. You don't like the Raiders, fine. I I don't mind the Raiders, and I'm I'm psyched for them. I mean, I'm psyched for the market. I'm psyched for Raider fans who are oh. going to come from L.A. and I mean, diehard Raider fans from L.A. And Oakland are coming to this game. <laughs> They're I going think so. To I, I I think that part of it is something that we'll see, and we've been seeing it. Um, you know, the early season buzz, and then it kind of lulled in the middle when all the Gruden stuff, and they went through that little bit of a down stretch. You didn't see it as nearly as much, but like, you know. I mean, newbie came from Philly to the game. I knew people that came from Cincinnati for the game. Like people come for the other team. Now, I don't know who's coming for the Charger fans, but I know that an opportunity for Raider fans that have never been to an Oakland game that was meaningful, they're coming on Sunday. They're 100% coming on Sunday. So, yeah, the market's going to definitely go up. Um, Who do you like in the game, first thought? Waller plays, I like the Raiders at home, if Waller plays. But if Waller Waller doesn't play, I I think the Chargers Chargers are going to score, right? And I don't get why the Colts thought that they were going to be able to do whatever the hell they wanted to do against the Raiders. And Gus Bradley, I mean, Rich Passaccia and, and Gus Bradley have been just on. I mean, these guys, they saved the locker room. They have this team focused. Just the fact that they're sitting here after what happened in the wake of the John Gruden situation and the fact that they had a player kill somebody. I mean, they lose their best deep threat in Henry Ruggs. They lose their coach to an email racism scandal. How the hell is this team sitting here with one win from a postseason bid? It's it's remarkable where the Raiders are right now. Does a line surprise you? No. Chargers should be favored. Does that surprise you? A little bit. Why? So you think, I mean, I mean, I think the Raiders are going to, I, right now, first blush, Raiders win. But yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have three. I know that. I, I'd have less than three. I'd let them bet me to three. I might use one and a half or two Okay. and let them bet the Chargers up. Um, I'd, I'd want to need the Raiders in this spot. I, it was a big win yesterday. To go to Indy and win with, um, you know, everything on the line, in in that situation, I think Indy was playing. And Indy was playing for a lot. I mean, it wasn't like Indy was playing yeah. for something. So. No, that was no. Yeah, there was no. You can't undersell that win to me. Yeah, and I mean, the last couple wins. You know, the Denver win was what it was. I mean, winning the game in Cleveland with everything to fold yeah. for, and and having the week get messed up, and the sitting there and going. It's pretty big, nice little three game winning streak late in the season to put themselves in this position. And everything's falling for the Raiders. Everything's clicking into place. It is. So like you start to see it and you're like, hmm, this team's hot. This team's confident. 
Derek Carr has really shown to be a legitimate leader in that locker room yes. to, to, to rally the troops after what they've gone through. And I mean, Deshaun Jackson's been a nice addition to this offense. He's really helped them out in the wake of the rug situation. And now they Hunter Renfro you know, is amazing. Huge. He's been amazing. I, I was so close to betting his over receiving props yesterday and I choked. I was sitting there with it on my button to buy it. And I was like, I just something tells me I shouldn't buy this because the Raiders are going to run the ball a lot. And then he was unbelievable. I mean, he just that touchdown I mean, makes plays. Oh, my he does. goodness. He just yeah. does. He's a winner. He's a baller. He just, he's out there catching balls, laying out his body. He's a huge weapon for this team. And, and I, I can't trust the chargers to win a big game. I mean, I can't, I just can't on the road with, I mean, nothing would surprise me in right. the game, but the line, it's almost one of those things where I'm sitting in the book going, all right, you, you made this number to need the Raiders. Like you, you, you had to, like, because or or do you want me to take the Raiders? You can talk yourself into both sides of this. Yeah, I just think that when I see the initial number already at three, in the one of maybe three or four meaningful games on the last Sunday, I'd rather have it below three and like let us get one way or the other. So maybe the books are kind of showing her hand a little bit, in my opinion. But I'm looking forward to it. Let's put it mm. that way. I'm looking forward to the game. And, and maybe going over three, if, if it continues to get bet to the Chargers, maybe they're thinking they're going to be three and a half, four you know, by kickoff. We get another be- Raider game to go under 48 and a half. Like how, I mean, my first thought again was like, oh, Chargers and Raiders, that got to go over, doesn't it? And then you go, the Raiders just don't go over anymore. They're actually playing good defense. And not being conservative, but like keeping it somewhat close. Like they're not trying to score 30 like yeah. they were early in the season. Well, and they're not turning the ball over. They're like not that's, turning the ball over either. You know, cars not cars not throwing pick sixes, like cars not right. hurting the team at the moment. And so that's been a big reason why these games are going under. It's you you aren't getting quick quick strike scores and turnovers and fumble recoveries right. and whatnot. So they've cleaned it up big time where Gruden was you know, pushing the envelope a little bit. They've really become more conservative, run yeah. the ball, play, play defense. Yeah. I mean, I, I made this comment to a friend yesterday and I'm curious. I said this team wouldn't be here if John Gruden was still the coach. Would you agree? Agree. hundred percent. Agree. hundred percent. They were not, they've changed the way they play the game. They wouldn't have done that had John Gruden still been there. I mean, he, he had it his way. He was doing it his way. And I'm not saying it wouldn't have been successful, but it wouldn't have been successful this year. It wasn't working. They were a bet against. He, yeah, they're taking care of the defensive side of the ball. Like you can tell, the culture has changed. They're like, listen, Derek, we're gonna just throw it eight yards a couple times. We're not gonna try to throw it twenty-five. You're not gonna get sacked nearly as much. You're not gonna throw as many picks, and you're gonna let us get a rest on defense and play better defense. Like you can tell they're playing football now where they were kind of playing fantasy football before. Agreed. And, and it's different. They just, I agree a hundred percent. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be playing for the playoff spot. If Gruden was still the coach, would you hire Ritz Pasaccia as the full-time coach next year? Based on what I know. Yes. 
It's tough, right? 25 year assistant, but he's been, he's coached like at every level. He's coached everything in the NFL. He's been around for so long, waiting for his chance. If he takes the team to the playoffs, I don't know how you don't hire him. If he wins this game, I think it's his job. And that is another factor, I think, that goes into the handicap for me, at least, is that, you know, you start getting the guy's questions of like, hey, if Rich wins this game, do you think he should be your coach next year? And the players start getting it in their heads of like, it's win one for the Gipper type thing. It's like, man, this guy was there to pick up the pieces in the wake of just disaster. And here we are one win away from getting to the playoffs for the first time in forever for the Raiders in their second year in, in Vegas. I you mean, can't, you can't BS these guys like, you know, and he's been able to do what he's been able to do when they kind of just said, Hey man, we need somebody to coach team. Like they just, you know, throw them in there and, You've been waiting all this time for for an opportunity like this, and you got it. Now, if he wants the job, I think it's his win or lose. Like, unless you really, who are you going to go get otherwise? Like, I think I it mean, the might. common names. I mean, there's names everywhere. I mean, it's just I don't want those court. guys no more. Like, really? if, well, not because I think this guy has proven that if he wants it, he can do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you know for years maybe he didn't want it. You know, some guys are okay being an assistant coach and, and living that right. life and not being the CEO of the company, just being a good soldier and and doing your job to the best of your ability. Sometimes it's better to be the offensive coordinator. Ask North Turner. Ask Jason Garrett. Like, right. it, it's a lot. You could think of guys that were really good coordinators that got to be the head coach and didn't get themselves. When you become the head coach, you have to hire yourself for that spot. And I think if he can do that, and, you know, be – I think the best coaches are the mo- most humble guys in the world. Like, you have to get good guys around you to be a good coach and good players. Good players always helps good coaches. Yeah, I think it's his job to, 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 to have, if he wants it, win or lose. But, I mean, I don't know. I like the Raiders. I'm just – I'm talking myself more into it every day. I saw the number and I was like, I can't believe this is, this is three. It seems too easy, but I'm grabbing a Raiders plus three. You have to wait because you have to wait for Waller. You have to wait for COVID and whatnot, but I'm with you. Yeah, I think the Raiders are the right side. All right, so this morning I get up, and I've been talking to people about the offensive rookie of the year market for a while. I'm not involved in it. I didn't put any money down on it, but going into the week, Mac Jones was minus 500 to win the award, okay? Mm. Like pretty much like a lock, minus 500. This morning I get up and Jamar Chase is now minus 220 yeah. to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. And Mac Jones is plus 175. Is this the book moving it? Is this money moving it? Is this just because he had back-to-back huge games? Like what causes a market move like that? I have no idea. I mean, like I really don't like it was two good games. Maybe somebody bet it. Maybe somebody bet it somewhere for a significant amount of money. And they said, all right, just make a minus now and flipped it. And everybody kind of copied it. It didn't happen like somebody bet this everywhere that offers it. And they all moved it to the same number. This is one of those times where I laugh. I'm like, man, somebody is copying all these numbers. And then they're copying it from them. And they're copying. Like, how does everybody come up with? Chase is now minus 220 because that's what it is painted pretty much everywhere. It's comical. Nobody bet it at all these books. They bet it somewhere 
and that book moved it. Now everybody's like, whoa, 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 move it. This is one of those guys. I'd be sitting there, listen, we just had Mac Jones minus 500. Look all this money we got on Mac. Let's take some more bets on Jamar Chase. Now, whether he's going to win it or not, or somebody's trying to handicap it, maybe. I don't know. But um, it's a bit much. But let me, let me just there's go. only two guys left. It's the only right. There's the only two left. This is what have you done for me lately syndrome in my mind. Okay. Yes. Let's just go through. Go, let's go back to the beginning of November, okay, for Jamar Chase. Okay. Jamar Chase had six catches for 49 yards versus the Browns, three catches for 32 yards and a touchdown against the Raiders, three catches for 39 yards against the Steelers, five catches for 52 yards against the Chargers, five catches, 77 yards, and two touchdowns against the 49ers, one catch for three yards against the Broncos. That's it. And then, yep. And then seven against the Ravens for a buck, 125, no touchdowns. And then 11 for 266 and three touchdowns against the Chiefs. Oof. Okay. That is a monster game. I'm not debating it. Incredible yeah. game. Yeah. However, when you compare it to the season of Mac Jones, who has had quarterback ratings. I know against the Bills, he was bad. I get you there, okay? Two interceptions, quarterback rating of 31 and a half. But last, yesterday against the Jags, quarterback rating of 121.1 for 227 yards and three touchdowns, no picks in that game. He's had at least going back to the same run, the lowest QBR he has had is 84 against the Bills in the win because he only threw three passes in that game on the road. But against the Titans, 123. Browns, 142. I mean, even the Panthers, he had an 85.2. I mean, from a body of work perspective, a guy who's completed 67% of his passes for 3,500 yards, uh, 21 touchdowns to 12 picks and 92.5 QBR. I think as a voter, if you're talking about the body of work, I know Jamar Chase has been boom or bust, but I can't give a guy an award for just his last two games. I know that influences people, but that's why I'm asking about the money move because I don't get this at all. If you want to tell me both guys are neck and neck right now, okay, but this is minus 220 to plus 175. This is Jamar Chase's award to lose according to the betting market. I don't agree with that. Do you? Yeah. No, this is so I only got to do this one year is like book events or, or voted on awards. And I hated it because it was all based on like you just gave those numbers and painted a completely different picture than what people are painting on national television and radio today all over the place. Like, you know, Chase wins it. I mean, it's over, you know, compared to what we actually look at the numbers. So I had to make the numbers based on what I thought people were observing or listening to, and then how they would vote. I'm like, man, it's hard enough making the numbers for what's going to happen on a field. And you don't know anything. I have no idea what someone's listening to or what they're watching and then how they're going to vote. So these markets, I think you have high volatility in a lot of them because you're trying to anticipate Maybe what people are going to bet because, I mean, the bottom line is there's just not that much liquidity in these markets, but the exposure can be gigantic very quickly. I mean, if you take 10 bets at 10 to 1 
And for $100 a piece, all of a sudden you have a, a big exposure on a number like that that you didn't really have before. So I think you see, I call it books playing defense on markets like this. Just move the number. Just move the number. Just over move it so they stop betting it because there may be betting bots or or you know groups that are manipulating or trying to get as much down as they can for whatever reason. Like, oh, this kid just had two big back-to-back games. Bet on him. And it starts to move the number. So I think that's what you see happening. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Mac being that big of a favorite and them making the playoffs, I don't know. Does that mean more? Because since he made the playoffs and won their division, like there's so many things that come into play in how to vote. I I, I never bet this stuff, ever. There's never I, – I have no desire to bet it. I don't recommend that you do. If you do, do it for fun. Yeah. But booking it was a nightmare. I hated it. Well, same conversation, different award. Aaron Rodgers is minus 400 for the MVP. <laughs> is it over? Is this it? Brady was the odds-on favorite two weeks ago. Everybody was like, this is Tom Brady's award. Rodgers now is a monster one-to-four favorite here. Would I be totally shocked if he doesn't win it? No. Do I think he's going to win it? Yes. Um, I think them getting the one seed, the way they did it, with him doing it, I would argue that it could be Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup. Like those guys, numbers-wise, I mean, in the value to their team, if you take either one of those two guys off of that team, out. Like, out. Maybe Taylor can be replaced a little bit. Cooper Cup is unbelievable what he does every single week because you know he's getting the ball. Not that, you know, you remove Tom Brady from the Bucs. (laughs) I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. It's big trouble. And Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, same thing. Um, But, yeah, I think Rodgers getting the one. Green Bay getting the one seed, I think, maybe iced it. I agree. For I think that's it. Him. And do you think he plays at all next week? The, the, he the upcoming week? He should not. He said last night in the post game that he was going to play, like he's going to play yeah. the first series. He got to be nuts. I mean, if I'm if I'm the coach, if I'm the GM, like why was he in the dressed? why was he in the game when it was like thirty to three? Where the hell the score was? Yeah. I was asking that last night too. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, it's thirty to three. Got a dinged up toe. It's freezing. Yeah. One little tweak step on it, whatever, we got to worry about them playing for the Super Bowl. We ain't got to worry about nothing now. Not, the Vikings aren't coming back. Sit on the side, put the thing on, and let's wave to the crowd. We're going to call timeout. You go out, take a snap, then call timeout. We're going to have you walk off. Let everybody chant MVP. I'm surprised they didn't. That's the only thing they didn't do last night. I would agree with that. So you've seen the movie Major League, right? Yeah. You know, how, you, you know how – you know how – you got to sacrifice the chicken. Joe Boo is going to hit the curveball. Okay, got to go. Got to um, What do I have to do to stop Zach Taylor from winning coach of the year? <laughs> you can't stop it now. What, what, what do I, what do I got to do? I, I got to do a live chicken. I got to do uh, uh, a duck. I mean, what, what, what do I got to do? This, this, the uh, steam on this is insane. <laughs> For him, he's now the second option at FanDuel at plus 175. Matt LaFleur is still the favorite to win coach of the year, but Zach Taylor is right behind him at plus 175. (laughs) After winning the division, everyone talking about Jamar Chase, it's sort of a correlated thing here. 
we aren't really going to see this dude win coach of the year. He was, he was bad yesterday. He, he, again, he made some pretty dumb calls. Oh. How about that? How about the fourth oh. down at the, at the goal line? Oh. I mean, the whole thing, like, were they trying to score? Were they not trying to score? I don't know what the hell the commentators were talking about. It was ridiculous going like, I don't think, I mean, Romo's like, I don't think he's trying to score. Like, what, what, huh? What do you mean he's not trying to score, Tony? Like, what are you talking about? You think he's just like doing a thing, trying to kill time? Romo was off his rocker yesterday during that call. Like, he, oh. I don't know what he took before the game. But like, I was watching, listening, going, I can't figure this out because I was on plus four and a half. So I'm on the Bengals and I'm like, okay, I don't care if you win or lose. Just don't let this ball go back to Mahomes. Don't score. A t- like I was trying to figure out every different nice. scenario as to like, if you go to overtime, I might be screwed. One, one drive, they went by six and I'm done. Like I was just like, please don't go to overtime. No. Um, I have he no idea. Win. We started, we started texting last yesterday. I, I texted you. I said, are you watching this? Like, what is he doing? Why is he not? <laughs> Kicking the field goal. Like, okay, I, I understand you burned the timeouts and he was trying to score. He just didn't. It worked out perfectly. Kansas City used all their timeouts. And then you get the fourth down. You get the penalties on both sides. All right. So you didn't make it. I can't believe you went for it. Just kick the field goal. No, nope. We're going to go for it again. We get another penalty on Kansas City. Absolute miracle. I think he completely bungled it for the Bengals. And they still won. He's going to win the coach of the year. I mean, you think, it's, you think he is? I think Lafleur is plus one fifty. Yeah, Zach, Zach Taylor is plus one seventy five. Mike Vrabel is plus three fifty. Those are your three options, pretty much. Everybody else is three to one or higher. Or sorry, thirty to one or higher. Thirty to one or higher. Wow. So they think it's going to be all right. Um, I think it's Cincinnati. I think it's Taylor because of the turnaround from the year before. NFC, the floor was, I mean, they were the NFC. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, you have the MVP and you're back in the same spot. Like, I can't give it to Matt LaFleur. I don't don't get that at all. Right. I don't think they vote for him just in general. I think that's the pushback there. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. We could get, do you remember Blues Brothers? When when they went four live, or four whole chickens and some white toast. So what, like we need something. I don't think there's anything we can do to stop it. I mean, we could try oh. the Joe boot thing. We you mean you light cigars. Maybe we'll do <laughs> clap and try to light some stuff. I don't know, but I think he's going to win. And I think oh. you have to talk about it. Like that's, that's yeah. I think he's exactly Taylor's going to win. How it. the hell is it? I mean, he talk about fumbling into, into success. You know, stumbling and bumbling your way into a trophy. Like it's just Joe Burrow. You can do pretty much anything. That dude. That's is- the point. It's not him. It's despite of him. It's his team is winning despite the head coach. Like it's, not because of the head coach. It's Dallas. There's a, there's there's other teams that this keeps happening with, right? And do you know what Belichick's gonna do to this dude if they play in the playoffs? I mean it may be because of Burrow and he does incredible things, but that could be the first. Do you know how good the first week of the AFC playoffs are going to be? Like yeah. it is good. It's wild card weekend is always so much fun in the but book. now. It's, it's even crazier. It's going to be fantastic. The, the two seeds playing on in both conferences. The two seed is playing. Danger, danger, danger. Will Rogers. That's 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 dangerous spot to be in is that two game because whoever you're playing is is coming like there's no there's no doubt that it's not whereas that that last 
team that got in always seemed well, not that they weren't they were they were always a dog, but they were live, you know. Like now it seems like it's really live. What is the line if the Raiders get in? What's what's the line for Raiders? Raiders would play the Chiefs, right? If they get in, they'd be on the road at Kansas City, right? Yeah. After getting destroyed both times in the regular season, how yeah. bad? What's that number? Double digits? We lay in Close. 10? Yeah, I mean, he probably floated out there again. I mean, some books may actually put it right at 10, some may just under 10. Some some books that want to take a shot will put it over 10 and take the dog bet. 10's a number. You know, you can put it on either side. I, I mean, Raiders. What Chiefs if you say seven and a half? I mean, you, you can't say seven and a half you, unless you want to take all Chiefs bets all the way up the ladder. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't think you make it less than. I don't think you can make it less than eight because you're just going to get Chiefs nonstop teasers, teasers, teasers. Like you have to kind of play a little bit of uh, offense there and put it up over that number. Mm, I can't wait to watch and see if, if it's going to be that. I mean, Chargers probably have the same problem. It's probably going to be a very similar number if it's the Chargers going to Kansas yeah. City. But KC Raiders going to Kansas City if they won that game at Arrowhead. I mean, my gosh, I mean, Raiders have a chance to make some history oh. here. <laughs> if they oh. go on the road and knock off the Chiefs. Oh man. It would be, be I, I would I wouldn't bet it, but it would be it would be fun to watch. Yeah. All right. So let's get to tonight a little bit here. Yep. Okay. So Let's talk about it. Here we are with your Big Ben led Pittsburgh Steelers. Number is coming down. It's now two and a half, which is yeah. surprising. We're seeing money coming in here on the Browns as the Steelers get to three. One, what's your take on the line move here on this? Going from plus three and a half to plus to minus three on the other side. I mean, that's are we all just like expecting the Browns to lay down tonight? Um, no, I mean, this is, this has been a very common thing for NFL betting the last week of the season, like going into it, they always bet the narratives. So I knew when I saw this number over a field goal, that if the Bengals won, and then if the chargers won and, if, and the Browns were eliminated, it was going to go this way. Now it seems like a big move from three and a half to then being a two and a half point dog, three point dog. That is, that is a big move. Number wise, it's, I mean, it's so six points, but it's really three bets when you get from, you know, cause you, you might go from three to one and a half to pick or just flip it and go to one and then, then bring it back up. So for the guys that bet both sides of these games, I mean, they got, they, they, they took the number from a low of pick or minus one on Cleveland embedded up took the three and a half with the Steelers and now they're taking two and a half or three with the Browns. So it's not a really advantageous position for the books. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand it, but I mean, I said it last week and I said it kind of flippantly, but I meant it hard for me to believe that Cleveland's coming into Pittsburgh on big Ben last home game. And the motivation is simple. I mean, you know, it's win one for seven. You know, it's a, you could just hear Tomlin saying, we're still alive for the playoffs. They're not. What are you guys going to do? You know, you're going to win this game. So, I don't know. CLV, I feel I, I'm nervous with the plus three and a half because, like, are the Steelers going to lose this game by more than a field goal? I don't think so. 
I think the Steelers are going to win the game. But everything they do bad, the Browns do good, starting with running the ball, starting with capitalizing off turnovers. The Steelers are going to start down in the first half again and come back and win this thing. Maybe they'll be close to tied at halftime this week and then, you know, cover the second half. I don't know. Our guy, SoCal DJ, on our live chat on YouTube, Browns under Stefanski are one in nine ATS against division rivals. <laughs> and like you go deep with Big Ben's numbers, he owns Cleveland, owns them. Okay, so let me throw you here are three different passing props for Roethlisberger tonight. Which one okay. do you like the best? Right. Roethlisberger, one and a half touchdown tosses. The under is juiced to minus 125 for tonight's touchdown, one and a half. Pass completions is 22 and a half, juiced to the under at minus 120. And pass attempts has come down from 35 and a half down to 34 and a half. It's juiced to the over minus 120 for pass attempts tonight. Oh, so what is his normal pass attempts? So Roethlisberger's stats on average. average. Okay, so let's just go through his last five games. Okay. 35 attempts, 25 attempts, 40 attempts, 31 attempts, 41 attempts. Season high of 58 against Cleveland. Sorry, yep. against, against Cincinnati. Cincinnati when they were down. Back in week three. Yeah. Uh, next previous was 44 against the Chargers on the road back on the uh, 21st of they November. Passed every play in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, I'd say pass attempts under would be my first thought. Okay. Um, completions is probably probably leaning under. Passing touchdowns, that one might be the one where he gets the over. Ooh. Um, not not a fan of that one, though. The touchdowns, it's so, so hard. His passing yards is 235 and a half flat. Passing yards got to be, got to be under. I like the game under. So yeah. I like a lot of the prop bets under. That's kind of the way I always used to look at it, like in the book. And you see so many more of the, you know, the rhombuses and the parallelograms, which I like to call the sharp money. <laughs> like they would bet these prop bets under. They would be having a field day today. I know every time I would, you know, people or narratives, people are betting overs. I would never move the number because they would just hammer me under. So that's the way I'm looking at it and thinking right now. Um, maybe the fan in me will get caught up a little bit later and want to bet over, but I don't, I don't see this being much different because it's the last game at home. Like they're going to play their game. If they don't stop the run, all those passing props are going over. <laughs> the Steelers don't find a way to stop Chubb uh, in, in the running game of the Cleveland Browns. They're going to have to pass a lot because that means they're down. Mm. What do you make? Carl brings this up. Interception, yes, is minus 108 for Roethlisberger tonight. I can't believe it. I can't, I would bet that for sure. Yeah, right? Throws a pick, it feels like every game. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, he has thrown, I mean, from a pick perspective, uh, every other game now. So two against Cincy, zero against Baltimore, one against Minnesota, zero against Tennessee, one against Kansas City. but. I think it's highly likely that he pushes the envelope tonight. What's Baker's 
What's Baker's pick? Uh, Baker's pick is minus 148 to the yes, plus 112 oh, to the no at okay. Fanduel. All right. That's at least yeah, juiced I mean, the right on. way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's doing he he's doing that. Uh, DraftKings, according to Carl, is even money. So, yes. Wow. Roethlisberger, yes, is even money at DraftKings. Really? Ah. See, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely like you can shop around and find for, you know, people that are living in different states with multiple operators. You have to do yourself the right justice and look at different apps um, just to see the price difference. I mean, you should probably always try to get the best price, but it feels like, yeah, it's just going to be an an under game. What, 21-17? It's going to be one of those, you know, it's 20 to 17. Steelers are driving down to tie the game, and then you know they score the touchdown to walk off. I mean, storybook would be for the Steelers to win comfortably, so they can kind of celebrate the fourth quarter. Like if last night's game with Green Bay and Minnesota was in Pittsburgh, you know, you kind of celebrate the fourth quarter and you show the montages and you do all that stuff. I hope it's like that, but. You know, sports are sports. I mean, it could be yeah. Cleveland. Cleveland could win this game by 10 and blow up all of your tickets, all the teasers, all this other stuff. It'd be terrible. Agreed. All right. <laughs> we'll go back to that. We'll go to the, go back to that game coming up here and during better, better to book it. But uh, let's talk about. So this morning on an, a teleconference, I think it was or a press conference. Nick Saban essentially said he was asked, you know, how do you how do you justify expansion given what we just watched? over the weekend with college football. Did this Alabama, Georgia, Alabama killing Cincy in Georgia, annihilating Michigan. Did we blow up the idea for the expansion or did we help it because we need to have more teams in because, well, Michigan and Cincinnati were just picked to be there. They didn't earn their way in. They were picked to be there. It's an interesting question. I'll say this. If we expand it, we're going to have a 1-8 game and a 2-7 game, and even a 3-6 game is going to be a 10-point favorite or more over another team. Like, it's just what it is. And then you're I'm okay get, with that. Well, that's I'm what right I mean. Like, that. I, that's, that, that's what it's going to be. You're going to get the disparity in college football between the elite and just next is a lot. For elite and just next and then just below that, it's even bigger. So the four or five game will be the Rose bowl where you're going to get an incredible game. Okay. Let me, let me push back just a second on that because what is interesting about today's college football is that we are seeing the transfer portal and the name and likeness opportunities revolutionizing very quickly, revolutionizing players and where they're going and how fast they can go and affect a program just by transferring in and bam, Joe Burrow at LSU is a perfect, a perfect yep, example of this. Absolutely. One quarterback goes in, bam, wins a championship in his life in his one and only year being there. This is Nick Saban playing defense. In my opinion of going, I got to go through three rounds of this crap now, not just two rounds, but three rounds of this. The likelihood of my team getting a major injury or getting hurt or having something bad happen Hard. is elevating every single time my team plays. So, of course, Nick Saban's going to poo poo the idea of expansion. It's more difficult for his team to win the national championship when you're going through an extra round. Yep. I don't think we get more blowouts. I think we get better football games when we expand it and we don't allow people in a room 
to dictate who the best four teams are. I mean, we're still in this world without until we get to automatic qualifiers and teams automatically qualify in and win their way in. It's still in someone's brain saying that Cincy is better than Ohio State or that Cincinnati is better than whomever you want to go through, better than Utah. Right? I mean, I mean, it's just if Utah had the rising kid at the quarterback spot before they went one and two, it could have been Utah in that game in the playoff. But because they, they had two losses, okay, they win the Pac-12, we're throwing it out the window because it's the Pac-12. I mean, it's just, it's so incredibly frustrating to me to hear Nick Saban and others and people using Nick Saban's comments today to say, he's absolutely right. Why the hell are we expanding this? It's just going to be more blowouts. And I'm like, not in today's world. I think it's because he doesn't want to have to play the extra game and potentially lose and get bounced from a playoff set setup. I think it just changes the whole, it, it changes the whole, um, it changes the whole system. Yes, but it, it, it does make it harder for the team to win it. You got to play three games. You got to, I mean, are fans going to travel anymore? Why would you go to the first game? Well, when you can go to because the it has game. to be the first game. The got to, game. Yeah, they've got to be on home fields. I mean, the first the round first got, has, has to be, be has, has to be home field. That has to be a reward for winning your conference. Winning your conference it, it, means you get in, you're in the tournament, and you get a home game. Like that just has yeah, to be. It, it needs to be that way. Like yeah. so, if we if we make it so, at least it's done correctly. I think it's great. I mean, it's going to create more discussion, more everything. I just think I've seen it with the NCAA tournament. Like it does with the basketball, it will lessen the important, the games are the lifeblood every week of college football. Now you'll be able to lose a game and still get in the playoff where it feels like you can't lose a game and get in. Disagree with you. I disagree. It makes your conference games that much more important. It elevates your conference. It allows teams well, to, yeah, lose, it, to lose the non-conference and get in. Why not? Now you're not going to play out of conference games anymore. Well, I right. disagree with that. I think you have to te- you have to keep yourself ready to go and, 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 and match wits the same way that basketball does, where you play non-conference games early to test your team to see where your team is. Yeah, but there's no reward for that now. There's no reward for that now because if you lose that game, right. then you lose a conference game, then you're out. Of the, Not of necessarily. The you have to win your conference. You got to figure out whatever your conference is. So yeah. if you lose, you lo- I think you'll get it more likely. I think you're far more likely to get those games happening where you get big time matchups. And remember, the books slash networks want it as well. So they want the big ticket items. I think well, we'll, get, I more, hope so. yeah. we'll get bigger games. We'll get more of these, you know, standalone Jerry world type of one versus two basketball games. We get all the time. We'll get it in football now because there won't be that penalty for losing that game, knowing you've got a ticket in a way into the playoffs by winning your conference. Now the SEC is going to say, oh, we play the most difficult conference schedule of anybody. So right. they may run away, but I don't think big 10 pack 12 ACC teams are going to be running away from getting a chance to schedule themselves, test themselves, get that film, get that team ready to go, get that scar tissue ready to go for when you face your conference opponents and having a way and having a way in. We've just we've allowed college football for so long to be in people's minds. We let people decide with their brains or on a computer screen who actually is the best. Yep. And I've I've been doing this now for 22 years having this take since I was starting in in Virginia. I've had this take that why in the hell aren't we determining it on the field? Like 
These games oh, need to be decided. Yeah. Whoever number one is at the end of the year, I never debate who the best team is in the Super Bowl. I never have that fight. I might talk about breaks or injuries or calls or whatnot, mm-hmm. but you go through a full schedule, you go through a full playoff tournament, and you win the thing, and there's no questioning who you are. I can't remember the last time we haven't had a conversation after a year is over of, I wonder what would have happened if right. that that team did this or this team didn't have that happen. Or that, like, did we discredit? Look at the Pac-12 schedule and the Bulls. Did we totally discount them? Because going into the NCAA tournament last year, I thought the Pac-12 sucked. And UCLA wound up playing for the national championship. Right. So I, I'm, I'm just so tired of football being in the mind the, the quality of a team is determined upon everything else except the scoreboard. And, and we're getting closer and closer, but they like the argument. The point that everybody misses when it comes to why they have done this for so long and why they've been allowed to do this for so long, getting people to argue about college football keeps it relevant. It keeps it being talked about. And if they eliminate that argument inside that room, I think the powers that be often say, Hey, if we do an automatic qualifying tournament, are we going to lose that arguing, that debate show topic, all the free advertisements we get, all the free ads and and conversations we get on radio, TV, internet across the entire world? Do we lose that if we go to an automatic qualifier? I mean, you you do you lose it a little bit, and and you lose the fact that you know back in the day when there were thirty bowl games, there were thirty winners to end their season. And now there's going to be one and you're going to lose the championship game and your season's going to be a failure. I mean, it's, I mean, look at Michigan. They had a tremendous season. Everybody, all the things they remember, they got blown out by Georgia. I mean, they won the big 10. They won, they beat Ohio state. They destroyed Iowa in the championship game. <laughs> Nobody cares. doesn't mean anything anymore. They, they got blown out by Georgia and should have been there. No, I that's, the, that's I what know. the playoff does. That's what I it does. Did, I just, it I don't know, but I, I disagree it, with that. So the, I mean, the, I, the argument. What happens, is, to the, what happens to if, if Michigan had gone to a bowl game and gotten blown out in the bowl game? If it was just a normal bowl game, not a playoff, and they got blown out in the bowl game, aren't people in the same in the same boat? Uh I mean, maybe, but somebody won that bowl game, and it's important to them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not important to Georgia. Important. I mean, Georgia, Georgia won, and it's important to them. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, they're, like, they're advancing. You know, Arkansas beat Penn State. We knew that Arkansas was going to beat Penn State. We both bet Arkansas would beat Penn State. Was it a successful season for Arkansas? Uh, I mean, yes, of course it was. It won't. The, those things will go less and less and less and less I every year. Disagree. You know, with you college football's got to dump mayonnaise on a coach's head <laughs> to to make it important and relevant. Like no, that's wrong. It's not. I disagree. You think that the Duke Mayo Bowl dumping it on the head of Beamer and doinking it off his head in the way doing it made that game relevant? Yes. Oh no, it made it relevant on Twitter. Didn't make it relevant relevant anywhere else. Are you? Are you kidding me? Duke's Mayo. You're living. You're living on Twitter too much, my friend. No, no. You're you're, you're online too much. The Rose Bowl. Yeah, Duke's Mayo commercials during the Rose Bowl. They're selling everything, right? But it's a big deal in the South. But the South, in the South, that's a big condiment. That's a big deal to them down there. It's like Chick Fil A. It's a big deal to them. There's certain things that Southerners lines in Vegas. Of course, never stops. What are you talking about? It's a Southern thing. It's an everywhere thing. Yeah, it's it started. In, it's a it's a southern thing, okay. But it's it's gone everywhere because people have gotten exposed to it and enjoy it. But it's still a southern thing. Chick Fil A is still Duke's a Mayo Bowl 
was more important for that dump than anything that happened on that field. On and Twitter. I, no, I'm no. talking all over the place. No. What are you talking about? It was on every single news broadcast. Every no, they, they talked it, about it. It was so day. it was so big they didn't even carry it live. What? I mean, come on. They didn't carry the Duke Mayo Bowl on they ESPN. They had game to go to. They didn't carry it live. It was if it was that big of a deal, they would have carried it live. They had to show it after the fact on ESPN. They went back to it or they put it on the app. Said, hey, it you want to watch it? Go on the app. It led, yeah, it led, it led Sports Center, but that's because of what they had all going it's on. More than Twitter. And it's more than Twitter. It, 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 they put it on. They had you go to the app to watch it live. It was bigger ESPN than Boston. anything that happened in that game. The game wasn't important. Wasn't important. Uh, it right. started at eight thirty in the morning Pacific. I know we'll agree to disagree on this, Fair but I, I, I don't, I don't, I think you're undervaluing just a little bit what competition means. Competition still is something. People still like to compete. All, All right. right, are we, are, are we doing this again? Are we really going to have to take Alabama? <laughs> I mean, this is nuts, right? What, what is? I mean. The books were their openers were all over the place. I mean, we, yeah. we had some some openers had Georgia favored, some openers of Alabama favored. Yep, it was quick. It now is pretty much consensus Georgia minus three. Yeah, not the right line. I mean, it is because the betters took you there. It makes sense. Um, the game closed what six and a half the first time for Bama oh, for, for Georgia. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, because it opened around this number and got driven up. Um, the Sharps were on Georgia the first time. They're going to be on them again. I mean, I've been in the books for years. They, they they bet the same teams over and over and over. They bet the Jets every week. They bet the Browns every week. There's They find value on bad teams. They find value on good teams. The numbers don't change much for them. We get Nick Saban plus, plus points again. Um, I don't know what changed from two weeks ago to now. It just it seems too obvious. Sometimes it is. Would it surprise me that Georgia wins? No. Uh, would it surprise me that Bama wins by more than t- by ten or more? Absolutely not. That's the side I'm leaning to again. I think he just has them figured out. He knows what they're going to do, and the Georgia team has to play their best game, and Bama has to not play a slightly above average game for Georgia to win. I think Bama doesn't have to play their best game. And if Georgia makes any mistakes, turns the ball over, doesn't capitalize on opportunities, won't win the game. Yeah, I think killing Michigan was a bad thing for Georgia. I just, I I know that they were able to get rid of that bad taste in their mouth from the SEC championship game, but like, I don't, I don't think Bama played all that well against Cincinnati, and they still won the game easily. I just legend them physically, like just ran the ball for almost 300 yards. Like, I mean, it was just, they made third down look like first down. They just kept converting and they kept the ball. They didn't have to do anything that they don't normally do or don't a physical football team overpowers a, a, a team yeah. when they can. And they kept and that won't happen against Georgia. Georgia's D-line, no. well, well, how they beat right. them was Bryce Young throwing. And not having Minchie is going to be big. I mean, obviously, they, they lost him, but they brought right. other guys who can obviously step up and play and play big. I, you don't, I don't think know. Georgia winning the way they did in their room and their sideline kind of maybe gives them a little more confidence 
going into the, I mean, I don't know what it's better, but I know. They just like stepped over them too easily. It was almost like too, I almost like I wanted them to be battle tested and like, and like do something, do something for Stenson Bennett to kind of step in and be like, because I think that kid is way too, he thinks too high of himself. And I think he's going to make a really big mistake in this game against Alabama. Cause I like Georgia. I like everything about Georgia except the quarterback. Right. Every, everything about Georgia. I like even the secondary, I think will make mistakes. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make adjustments from the mistakes that they made. Bama's offensive line is still a worry for me. It was against Cincinnati. It wasn't, they absolutely mauled them. And, and I don't, they're not doing that to Georgia, but they might be able to move the football. I think there's just such a number of questions I've got because Nick Saban owns anyone who's worked for him. Why is that? He does. Saban Saban and Belichick, both. I mean, it's just something that they do. They crush anyone because they know them inside and out. They've scouted them because they've worked for them, and they know what they're going to do. And they see their moves. They play chess while the other guy plays checkers. And I I just, on a short, uh, on a one-week setup here, I don't know. I mean, I can't believe I'm getting three. I, 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 and I like Georgia, but I'm going to bet Bama. I'm pretty confident I'll be betting Alabama, even though I, my mind, everything tells me Georgia wins this game. But did your phone blow up on Saturday or on Friday when Bama was winning? Did all your Bama people chime oh, in with course. you and say, oh, yeah, we but, told but you ge- so? But and- generally, they're okay. I mean, generally, they understand like what I'm right. doing. And, and I'm not right. trying to be, I'm not talking trash to them. They know that I, I'm an SEC guy. Yeah. So like they knew that they, they knew that I was coming in. I wasn't betting Bama to lose. I was just betting Cincy. And I'll still go to, I'll go to my grave saying that the first pass that was batted down was a touchdown. If they score there at 7 7. Maybe a different story. And right. then the muffed punt at the end of the first half. If since he recovers that. Oh, get any may, points out of that. Yeah. Got might a be a sure, different cover. game yeah. and for covering yeah. comes into play in a big time, yeah. big time way. So like, I think Bama fans know that if Bama had looked like Georgia, then yeah, I think I would have gotten a bunch of people saying, we told you we're going to steamroll, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it wasn't, it wasn't like, even though the score was like 17, three at half, right. It didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like since he was getting destroyed, they played really well. Oh. It just wasn't showing on the scoreboard that since he had, had shown and played pretty well. It was in doubt that Alabama was going to cover the first half number. Yeah. Like it absolutely. was in doubt until a little bit late. And then it was like, Oh my gosh, they're going to cover this number again and it never felt like they were going to cover it until they got that touchdown so you're absolutely right i mean and as far as michigan like they needed to punt that ball away on fourth down early down seven nothing they don't they don't punt he goes for it doesn't get it georgia scores it's 14 nothing you can feel the wheels were falling off he doesn't change the quarterback he doesn't let the other kid play uh, McNamara looked scared to death, just looked like he was getting hit too much, and he was happy feet, very, very nervous. The offense couldn't perform. The defense just got worn out. They got tired. This is what happens when a physical football team owns the time of possession, continues to punish you, they put you away, and Georgia put Michigan away. Then we get the matchup again. I, I think you're right. I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it going – until I find maybe in a week's worth of shows with you and talking and like, maybe I'll find something to make me go, okay, maybe something did change. I'll take Georgia, but I ain't doing it right now. No way. 
Yeah, well, a lot on the next Monday. We got we got a week to break it down, including right. next Monday's show. So right. we, we, we got a lot to go with the with it. All right, time now for better to book it. It's going to be kind of short because I don't have much going on today. I, I I'll ask you a couple of questions right. for games that I have not bet yet that I'm curious about line movement. But before we do anything else, Steelers money line minus one ten. I'm on plus three and a half, and I'm on plus nine and a half. But let's just use this. Money line Steelers win tonight. Betting it or booking it? Betting it. People watching the show. I ain't coming on ben, Ben's last game saying <laughs> I'm booking this one. Are you out of your mind? No, I think they. I think they do win. I um, you know, I'm excited to actually watch it. Hopefully, I'll be excited after the first half that they'll be like close, like they'll be tied, like they've been the worst first half team in football, and. I'm actually a little bit nervous that they could be down enough where they might not win this game if they're mm-hmm. down significantly at halftime. I and mean, if Cleveland goes shot in the playoffs, was that just last year? Wasn't it last year that the Cleveland yeah. Browns just blew them out? Yeah. So I, he was coach of the year last year. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen again tonight. I'll, I'll bet this one Steelers money line. Let's do it. Do you like Browns first half? I certainly don't like Steelers first half. (laughs) Nothing you could say to me today or in any time between now and kickoff where I'm like, yep, I'm taking the Steelers in the first half. Um, This is, by the way, is my CLV game of the year. I have, I have closing line value everywhere in this game. I have plus three and a half at minus 110. I have plus nine and a half from a teaser from last night with the Packers. I've got minus 110 on the money line and it's minus 145 to 150 right now. Like I have CLV everywhere in this game. Oh God. And then you, and and then Jay Moss SoCal is doing uh, album covers of you. (laughs) Society. This could be bad. We may, we, we may need a live chicken. And that, <laughs> this could be terrible. Um, wow. Yeah, this is, I mean, it, again, it's scary. Uh, oh, here's a stat for you, though, as speaking of your boy. He posts on the on, on our YouTube, Steelers are 8-1 and one against the spread in the first half in the last nine against the Browns. One of them was this year, I think, though. The, the one loss, right? The one loss was this year? I think. Was it, it really? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think uh, let's see it before that. Let me see here. So the first game, they won 15-10, and they were... Oh, they were dogs. They were dogs. They were tied. Yeah, they were, they were tied. They were it was kidding. 3-3 at half. Yeah, it was an ugly... That was one of the worst, ugliest games. That's the way the game's going to play out again. It's going to be ugly. I feel like, you know, it's 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 the defense's game to to keep close in the first half, and then Ben wins it in the second. All right. And there's only one other one here. Ben under 34 and a half passing yards. Bet it. Bet it. That's the one I like the most. That's good. Yeah. I think um, if they're going to win the game, that goes way under. If they have to have him win the game or keep trying to do this, um, it might be close. It might be a sweat. If we're down double digits into the third quarter, we're in jeopardy of losing this bet. It might go over. Okay. So last night I texted you about two basketball games. Yes. And I was curious to get your read on it. Cause I was almost going to take the dog in both of them. Yep. I asked you where would the golden state warriors, Miami heat game goes because I was leaning towards, I think Miami might be able to keep the game close. Right. 
Number was eight and a half. I said, does it get to 10? And you said, yes. yeah, probably. Yes. It's now 11. Yes. And climbing. Yes. How high does this number get for Miami tonight against the Warriors? Miami's on the back end of a back-to-back, right? Yes. In which uh, they played yesterday. They lost, I believe. Let me see before I confirm it. Uh, they played. Let's see. They played at Sacramento, lost as three and a half point favorites, 115 to 113. Yeah. So they go short trip over to Golden State to play the Warriors tonight. And again, back to back NBA was one of my worst things. I always overestimated it. So if the number was eight and a half, nine, I would have made it 11 exactly what the books did this morning. Um, it's two points for the back-to-back. How high does it go? I will say it goes to 12. Um, I think you can wait and get 12 if you're thinking about taking Miami. Why do you think Miami keeps us close? Because it's going to be a game in which whenever you have Jimmy Butler going up against one of the guys, a big game. Steph, you know, yep. it's a, it's, this He's is a game with – the. They're gonna have their. They're gonna have the attention of Miami. Like they're playing mm. the Golden State Warriors. Mm. Um, this game is going to be watched by a lot of people. This game is going to be a highly talked about game. Uh, it's on NBA TV, so it's got a nationally televised audience tonight to see it. And I don't know. I just I, I have a hard time seeing them lose this game by fifteen or more points. I just I, I mean it could happen. Steph goes crazy, but I just. Yeah. I think Miami defensively, one of the best defensive teams in the country in, 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 in the NBA. I, I also thought about going under in this game, but the number just, I'm not really in love with it at the, at the current number of yeah. two, two, 14 and a half seems right to me. Yep. I thought it might be two twenty or so, but I don't know. I, I just, I, if I get 14, 15, great. I'm not gonna, probably going to get it. I'm shocked. I got 11. I thought 10 would be the ceiling and now it's 11. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, mm, okay. And then the second game is the, on a back to back, you mentioned overvaluing here. The Bulls haven't been covering. They've been winning. They won seven in a row, but they're laying 14 points. It's the biggest spread of the year for the Bulls tonight against the Orlando Magic. This number seems ridiculous. 14? It is, but so, and again, I just know this from doing the shows on Sports Grid every night with the guys and stuff. Orlando's terrible. Like, they're not. They're terrible losing. They're not That's terrible what I mean. to the num to the no. number. They're not that terrible. I know, but when they lose, they get blown out. So well, they lost in overtime. Last they lost to the Celtics in overtime by five in their last game. And now they're back to back. Yes, now they're on back to back. Which again, I don't think. Well, it's what that did the line deal? close? What did the line close yesterday against the Celtics? Uh, yesterday against the Celtics. Hold on, let me. I got it right here. Um, hold on, there, Chicago. So yesterday, Boston so you, ten. Yeah. So it was a ten point favorite. That you know they lost, lost by, by five. Okay. So here's so what what they've done recently at home. They were fourteen point favorites. Sorry, fourteen point fifteen point dogs to Milwaukee. They lost by eighteen and seventeen. Mm-hmm. They played Miami as ten and a half point dogs. They lost by ten. Played New Orleans as four and a half point dogs, lost by seven. Played Atlanta at plus seven and a half, lost by six. Brooklyn plus five and a half, won won the game. Sorry, won the game by six and won the game by seven. So you've got this win streak here going on right now for uh, for Chicago. But like they took on Washington and Indiana on the road, minus two, minus three. They won by one, one by two. 
We, we're trusting them. This is the biggest spread of the year. The previous is 10. They're now 14-point favorites. They played, by the way, as 10-point favorites on the road and won by 35 in their game back uh, on the 26th of November. They Man. have played once. They have once played once before, uh, and they killed them. Yeah, you're. This is the book trying to find a number to get any Orlando money. Right. Everyone's. I mean, I was. I. I was leaning yesterday. I was leaning, going like, do we want to bet Chicago last night? But I couldn't really. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't find my way to both yeah. bets. I. Could, I, I mean, eight and a mm-hmm. half for the Warriors. Now it's a, now it's eleven. And same thing here, going with with the Bulls. It was eleven yesterday. Now it's fourteen. I knew the steam was coming, so I was like, let me just wait and see kind right. of like the dog in both sides. So let's right. see how many points I can wind up getting. But I don't know. It just you feels could like wait it's, there and get 15. I, I might think. get 16. I might get more. I mean, yeah. I mean, in game, you like betting Orlando? Hard. No. <laughs> right, yeah. that's, that's the problem. There's no one. This is one of those games where, like, you put up, and this starts now. All right. Yeah. It's after New Year's. So you really start to see the favorites get, you know, there's, there's a, there's a tax. There's a favorites tax in the NBA for against the bad teams. The tanking teams become, again, I, I say this all the time. It's easier to make a line for a competitive game between two teams that I know. It's very hard for me to make a line for a game where one team is good and one team is really bad and is tanking because I can't get a bet on the other side. No matter what number I put up, I can't get a bet on the other side. All I want to do at this point is get a bet on the other side from somebody that I know at least is trying to win. And then I can kind of establish a number. I don't think it's there yet for either one of those games. All right. For a wrap. Always on a positive note as we start 2022. What is the best thing about today? Um, That winter break is still extended in this house. Um, (laughs) My kids at school. She's gone. (laughs) Man. We got two more days. We got today and tomorrow. We still got all these people in this house. There's no, there, there's, there's craziness going on. I stayed up all night last night. I had to go to bed. I was like, I had enough. But between winter break extended another day or two, and then, you know, we're watching a Steeler game tonight. Like, what are we doing tonight? Everyone knew what we were doing tonight. Like, we're putting the Steeler game on. Mama gets home from work just in time to watch the entire, pretty much second quarter and second half. I will be on the air, but I will be watching it as well. I'll be wearing this hat and jersey all day. Steeler game, Pittsburgh, Big Ben final game of the year of his career at home. Pretty exciting night. Yeah, I I think for for me, what uh, I'm really excited about, I think, is the fact that we get an extra week of football, which is going to be fun. And I, I think it's really cool to kind of I'm really psyched to see what what Vegas turns to look like in the next week because we got a really big game going to Sunday. And yep. for when I moved here, we, we didn't. I, I moved here six years ago. And this idea that like we could have pro sports that matter in Vegas at some point was still very much a thought. Like it wasn't a guarantee. And so like the golden Knights were still sort of this, like maybe we're getting an NHL team and then we got one. And then like, maybe we're getting a football team and then we got one. And I made the case that like the second, the Raiders kick off, this is going to be a football town. Well, this is a hockey town. And I'll be curious to see what type of dent the Raiders can make here. Like, do we see everybody now over the next four or five days realize that there's a playoff game essentially on Sunday night football. And 
I don't feel I don't feel like Derek Carr has the same cachet with the with the market the way the Mark Andre Fleury had no, with the market. Definitely not. And yet he plays a more popular position. Yep. Goaltender versus quarterback. I mean, come on. So like Derek Carr wins this game on Sunday night. I think Huge. it changes everything around Derek Carr Huge. in this market. So I'm pretty psyched that we can we have a whole week of football talk to kind of local football talk to see whether or not you know the Raiders can can pull this out in I, I don't know. I mean, that, that to me is super interesting and really, really exciting that we actually have something that matters here in Vegas from a football perspective, because last year there were no fans in the stands and the team wasn't very good. And frankly, John Gruden drove people away. <laughs> I, think a lot, I think a lot of people didn't like the Raiders because of John Gruden. Very true. And so now they've become much more likable and much more interesting now as here they are with this win streak and i didn't think they win three games in a row to set themselves up for Hell winner no. take all anyone that tells you they did they're lying there's Agreed. no there's there's no way and you're absolutely right if they win on sunday and we get the hype of a playoff game for a week in the city with everything that's going on i think it'll be fantastic we saw what happened when the Knights got good, nobody believed it for a long time. A lot of people had those 500 to one tickets, winning the Stanley Cup, then 300 to one. Like, and it got real. But when the playoff run started, it became a hockey town. If the Raiders win on Sunday and then we get a week of hype and then win a playoff game, this, this it'll go off the charts. It will go off the charts in this town. They love winners. They love winners. Love winners. Raiders playoff game on Sunday. Maybe another one. April for the NFL draft. Super Bowl in February of 2024. It's all kind They're of. They're already doing ads. Of course. Super Bowl 2024. Of course. And then stations over the weekend put up bets and prop bets for the Super Bowl in 2024. Generic stuff. But AFC you was favored. Bets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. AFC was favorite minus one. AFC, you want to bet it? Go ahead. AFC minus one. You can bet it for three years from now without knowing anything about anything. Go, go right ahead. Hang on to that ticket for three years. We'll hold but your the, money. <laughs> but the draft in April, man, the draft in April is going to be a really, really cool oh, thing. So it should be a lot yep. of fun. If you guys have not followed us on Twitter, Boston versus the book on Twitter, do so. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you always are notified when we go live. We are back each and every day, including tomorrow at one o'clock Eastern time. For Dave, I'm Matt. We'll talk to you tomorrow.